0: Hey everybody! This is Aaron. And Jim back with another commission podcast. This one it's a solo joint by Tyler Shumway. That's right. uh, he, uh, I, I guess there was talk about doing a Buffy commission podcast, like as a joint project. And yeah. he's like, uh, "I'm going to take the take the reins." And he went ahead and commissioned it I all. I think He
1: wanted the choice of episodes. He
0: did, yeah. and I think he did a hell of a job, Tyler, uh, because two to three episodes I really enjoyed, and one of, and, and the one that I I didn't, I suspect it's not the episode's fault. Okay. And I've got I got some some stuff to say about all of them. Uh so he commissioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show. Uh one of Josh Whedon's first or maybe it is his first. It's the first it's one I remember show? him for being kind of
1: uh, when was alias? Wait, no, that was uh, that's J. Right, J. 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 Abrams. J. Abrams. that's the other guy, yeah.
0: So I mean he could have had uh, the, man, Josh there was Whedon. like a dollhouse or something with uh some hot girl in it that's like every one of his uh, projects. It's one of his earliest works. Uh, And he commissioned three episodes in particular, season four, episode ten, Hush, season five, episode 16, The Body, and episode six, uh, or season six, episode seven, Once More of the Feeling. Oh, come on. Well, he wrote
1: four episodes of Roseanne before (laughs) Buffy,
0: so come on. That's a real horror show. (laughs) Uh, And I think he did well to... Kind of run the gamut of of Buffy emotions. You had a solid attempt at creepy horror kind of X Files standalone okay. monster of the week. You had uh you know like like somebody swinging for the Emmys kind of like heavy emotion and character moments in the body. And then I think you had like just off the wall Joss Whedon meta reverential referential humor type episode uh once more with feeling yeah uh, and uh, like I said I I didn't have a bad time for any I just. Out of the three, the body is the one that I just couldn't connect with.
1: Huh. Okay. Uh, I like the body more than I liked once more with feeling. Is that what it's called? You didn't like the musical one? I don't. Yeah, I don't like musicals. Yeah. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm not
0: a fan. Oh, God. I'm so heartbroken <laughs> because it was my clear... I don't... It, it's hard to say. I, I mean... My predilections are such that I enjoyed once more the feeling with hush, but honestly, I had a, gi- a giant smile over my face for for both of those episodes. So and it's weird. I was hoping you were going to dig it because I was actually going to self commission fucking singing in the rain. Finally, it's something I've been kicking. <laughs> I was going to pay you. Well, let me let me throw fifty uh, dollars confusion into the mix. Okay. I actually really
1: like Doctor Horrible, huh? And I think it's because. The acting and singing and songwriting are so much better in that. Like, this feels like a musical made in a week. This is like, you know, if it's like a Charlie Day sort of thing, <laughs> where Charlie's like, "Oh, uh-huh. I came in." Joss comes in with all these scraps of paper and he's right. like, "I did this over the past week. Uh, it was just a brain dump. Let's get it down." Uh huh. I I really thought it was just. Slapdash put together, whereas Doctor Horrible felt like like everybody in there can sing, and like it felt like a more cohesive story. Right. It also probably hurts it that I'm picking up in a season six episode with no context whatsoever. Right. Uh. So like these people are talking about all their motivations and like revealing their darkest secrets and worries, Which and shit, I have a and I'm lot like, of questions okay, about that bro, and, and how it fits
0: in with the the overall season. Right. Huh. So, yeah, that was my least favorite. We've well, got some interesting notes about that that kind of maybe fulfill out our background. I thought what we should do is, is go over Tyler's introductory notes and we can talk about our own relationship with Buffy. And then get into an sure. episode-by-episode discussion guided by Tyler. Okay. Um, so, Tyler's preamble. I didn't really get into television until my early 20s. I watched it growing <laughs> up, of course, but I never realized how deep and profound it could be until I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The first season was pretty terrible, but my friends promised me it got better, and by the end of the second season, I was hooked. At the time, I didn't really analyze the show enough to grasp all the nuance and metaphor Josh, Joss was going for, but I knew that the show spoke to me in ways no other had. It opened my mind and forced me to ask uncomfortable questions about gender roles and sexualities I'd never really thought about before. The show originally had its rough moments, but they were more than made up for by the show's many moments of brilliance. I recently went back and rewatched most of the series to see if it was really as good as I remembered. Not only did it hold up like a chant, but I found myself identifying with completely different parts of the series. The high school as hell metaphors from earlier seasons still worked, but it was the struggles of becoming an adult and dealing with your inner demons in the later seasons that really resonated with me this time through. I can see myself liking the series for completely different reasons in 10 years, or maybe preferring the off series Angel, which deals with continuing to be the person you want to be, fighting through life with hope and courage, even though it's probably a losing battle. I really believe this show has something for everyone, and should you guys choose to revisit, I think it could be a rewarding experience. Now, how much of Buffy had you seen prior to this commission, Jim? I've seen
1: some of Season 1, I think. Okay. Def- definitely not none of Season 1, and
0: I don't think all of Season 1. Okay. I've seen all of Season 1 in its entirety. Why did you start watching Buffy? Uh,
1: just because people said it was good <laughs> and it was joss whedon like yeah you
0: know by the time i had seen did so you much wa- more than he did i was gonna say did you watch it before or after firefly way after way after okay yeah. um i had a a girlfriend that um you know made i say i'm saying quotation marks made because if i'm if you know if i if i have affection for someone and they tell me they should watch i should watch something mm-hmm. i give it a try I thought season one was really a bad joke, and, like, we broke up, like, a couple episodes. Over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, then we broke up for other unrelated reasons, or maybe oh, okay. they were related. Maybe uh, people... I, well, I can't say that about Tyler. Tyler's a really nice guy. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I we, we broke up, and I, I had, like, three episodes to go, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll finish it. And I remember just being completely underwhelmed by... Even the follow-through of that season. Hmm. So, kind of, the special effects, especially in that first season, I guess, were really goofy, so I just gave it a pass. Um, so, But I did know, like, the basics of who they were and the storyline, and I'd seen the classic yeah. Christy Swanson? Or is it, yeah, Christy Swanson. Oh, the movie? The one that spawned right. it all that had Pee Wee Herman in it, hilariously. Right. Yeah. Um, and and really and Luke Perry was her boyfriend, I think. They actually had a lot of big names you would have thought would have been big and kind of went jack shit nowhere. <laughs> hey, Pee-wee's got another movie. What are you talking about? Well, that was kind of his comeback. Like, that was his first role after, you know, he got got caught masturbating in a yeah. porn theater. And then it took another- That's a crime? 20 years. Is that years. a crime? Yeah, he finally-
1: 25 years later, he got another
0: one. Yeah. Another shot. Another, another, another. Did he go to prison again? No, didn't,
1: didn't. Netflix do a? Well,
0: if he gets caught a third time, <laughs> he's he's a lifer, man. <laughs> right. Three strikes, you're out. Um, what was I saying? Uh, you were. Uh, oh, the original. That's my experience with Buffy. About, yeah. So yeah. Um, having said that, <laughs> uh, what did you? Well, let's let's talk about Hush first. Um, okay. This
1: is my favorite. Okay. I really like this episode. All right. Um, uh, I I do think. So there's a lot of obvious metaphor going on here. I mean, mm-hmm. if you take what they're they're talking about in the very beginning when she has this little daydream sort of thing or, or I guess just a dream because she falls asleep in class. Yeah. Uh and then you extend that to this That's whole idea dream, yeah, is it was during the daytime? I guess. Yeah. Uh but if you extend that, you know, to these monsters, these demons, whatever that come in and take people's voices and now you have to actually communicate without talking so much. Right. Uh the, the metaphor is Maybe a little heavy-handed, and mm-hmm. that's like that's the biggest complaint I have about this show. For the most part, is a it's nineties as fuck. Yeah, like even though a lot of the stuff we saw in two thousands, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the episodes we saw take place in the two thousands, right? It's nineties as fuck. Right, <laughs> like, this show, sure, man. Um, but I, th- my other complaint is it's a little heavy-handed with the metaphor, and I, I do
0: like the ideas there, but. I think it maybe goes a little too on the nose with it. Well, see, that's why I think it's great and why it speak because Tyler, if I'm not mistaken, is from Utah, okay, which is a fairly you know socially conservative state. And I think that shows like Buffy and like S- Star Trek: the Next Generation is mine. Like you could go your whole life without thinking about what it's like to be a minority or a gay person, let alone a transsexual yeah. or anything like that, until right. Star Trek crams it down your throat. And honestly. We say it's too on the nose, but I'm thinking, like, if I, 15-year-old self, had seen the episode with Riker and the androgynous woman who might have been a man or or, or a place where... I I forget where, like, like that planet heterosexuality was a crime, I think it was. Okay. And, like, if it hadn't been so in your face... You wouldn't have understood it. I don't even think I would have gotten what they were trying to say. Right. So... I and mean, this is a show
1: for, for younger people, right? So, yeah,
0: uh, like this might be the first time, you know, if you're, in your late, if you're in your teens or 20s, it might be the first time you yeah. ever have to think about something like this.
1: Absolutely, and so I, I do forgive it a little bit, and I did really enjoy this episode. I was going to say, it's, like, it is great. it
0: more heavy-handed than your average Star Trek episode? No. God, no. So I thought, like, every time I felt a little bit of my, like, what the fuck, meter going off, I try to, like, okay, compare this to the episode where Data's daughter died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and think about like how objectively silly everything in an episode is and yet improbably it's emotional because of your connection to the characters. I try to ha- have that, that that carry me. But anyway, yeah. so what do you think they're trying to say about the, with hush? The what was the metaphor? Uh,
1: I mean the whole thing was like talking getting in the way of actual communication. Uh, just saying things t- for the sake of saying things. I mean that that was the problem between Buffy and Can we talk about the relationship? that's going on here between okay clarify something for me i'll try man is buffy still in high school at this point i think this is her first year in college okay that makes it slightly less creepy but still utterly creepy that she is dating who she thinks is a professor or has the hots for openly like
0: wait he's a teacher's assistant right so that means he's essentially is a, a student? A, a he's fellow. a teacher's assistant. Okay, you're talking about the action hero
1: guy, yeah, right? the military, yeah, what, the the faux military dude, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Which, by the way, who goes to basically some loft and acts like he's a military guy? And the name
0: of it's like the Initiative. Like, what the fuck is up with know. these government programs being like named after generic Wheaties boxes, like right. Corn Cereal Initiative?
1: It's it's just cheesy like true blood
0: had the authority like come the fuck on i know you've got a thousands year old vampire court and its name is the authority Authority. they didn't have as many words back then it's not even like some kind of cool
1: latin name we got authority or we got uh (laughs) barnaby jones society what do you
0: want they weren't they they should have like sports teams or they have mascots they they could be a lot more colorful that way They could but yeah, you got the, the Spike initiative. is uh plenty colorful. I don't know that he needs a mascot, he's kind of a mascot in himself. So, here's the interesting. Thing. I don't know who plays Spike cuz I'm not that big of a fan, but I don't either. one thing I became aware of um if you listen to any of the audiobooks of the Harry Dresden fi- the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher and I'm a big fan of those those works, is it James Marston. Anyway, whoever plays Spike is the narrator for all those books.
1: No, no, no! I think you're confusing Spike. Spike is the, the blonde-haired blonde yeah. vampire. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is the narrator okay. for
0: all of the Jim Butcher files, the, the Dresden Files.
1: All right, weird. Which, I-, I thought you were talking about the. I
0: remember guy. whenever when I'm, whenever I'm in like one of the fan groups on Reddit, everybody loses their shit because usually you know the one the one-to-one correspondence of being a Dresden Files and a Buffy fan is is pretty that those Venn diagrams hmm. heavily overlap, and I was the one guy like. I don't understand why everybody's losing their shit about okay. him reading this book. You know, I did, so, but now Fair. it's like I still don't get it. But I actually thought Spike was one of my favorite characters. Uh, yeah, Spike's pretty good. Which I was mean, tough because, you know, because he's kind good. of a douche, and he looks his head looks like a nineteen eighties Kindle sculpt. All right, like those <laughs> are not that is that <laughs> synthetic. His his head is synthetic. Yeah, no, he it's doesn't a, look human. He's speaking of data. He's a Noonian type android. Like that's not real hair. <laughs> it's certainly not
1: real hair, hair color. It's, it's, I can tell you that much. I, yeah, uh, yeah. The guy you almost don't need to morph him when you turn him into the vampire version of himself, right?
0: Yeah, Cecily walked in. No, and and it was in I was in the middle of finishing up my uh, uh, the my first watch of uh, Once More with Feeling. Uh-huh. She came in, it was a girl's night, so she came in at, like, 9.30, uh, and, and I was finishing up, and she walked in, and she took one look at Spike and said, his hair looks like uncooked ramen noodle. <laughs> God. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you got him. And yet, yeah, I kind of think... you push that much gel in it. I kind of think he's one of my favorite characters in these, these episodes. Because he's the only one that kind of... Yeah. He's the Han Solo? Like, he's the one kind of, like, sure. this is kind of, this is kind of getting to be self-important bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I like the major, the main four characters, I guess. Buffy, mm-hmm. Willow, Xander, and I don't like Xander. Giles,
0: and also like In I, season one, I thought Xander was kind of a nerd, and now he he's was, like yeah. a fucking ripped male model type. But he's still a nerd. Like he really? looks
1: different, but he's still
0: the same. It seems to me like he's still the same character. And he seems like he's one of the recurring jokes is how much tail he pounds. Like I don't, I don't but associate that with but nerds. he's with
1: that. He's with that ex demon whatever lady. So, like, he's got a girlfriend. I would assume. Yeah, he probably gets it.
0: I, I know, but I'm saying like, they didn't they had a joke about him contracting some weird I'll sound like demonic sexual. STD in the Once More With Feeling. What? No, and, 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 and
1: See, half of Once More With Feeling is just, like, went right over my head because I couldn't understand ever, what they were just, saying because they were bla- singing. You just
0: blacked out when they started singing. Or,
1: like, half of the time they're singing over each other and you can't even tell what they're saying. And, huh. like... Yeah, I did. Man, I really Sorry, like so it. Sorry,
0: said this is so. going to go all over the fucking place I already. Tell. I, I yeah. thought we could keep it to one individual episode, but apparently I, But not. I think the,
1: like, four but, main, but wait, wait, main characters but are... But he's
0: always talking about, like, he's, like, some sex... Well, I guess that's consistent with this. So you think he's just a nerd to happen to land up sex with obsessed, a super... sex-obsessed,
1: right. He's thinking about boobs and ass all okay. the time. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't know. He seems like the same character to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, so those four are p- pretty good and still pretty good in seasons four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else they've brought in around them is really not great
0: you don't like giles no giles is one of the main four. Oh, i thought it was buffy i thought buffy willow xander giles That's oh who. okay i thought you were i, thought I mean spike's spike okay spike's mm-hmm. fine yeah are you a uh, spike or an angel man
1: i who's angel he's the He's the, oh the guy who did the, the spinoff off series bone. he's
0: the bones guy yeah i don't care I know, kind of give a shit. Gerard Depardieu, I think, is his name. Yes, boy, <laughs> well, he's really gone just, to seed. since just then. Just really piss piss off the Buffy fans, <laughs> including the guy who gave us three hundred dollars to, to commission this podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'm not not totally sold on the uh, on whoever Willow's girlfriend is. I don't know. She's a little too Rin fair for me. Their mm. whole, like, Willow's kind of too Rin fair you know for me. You know what?
0: Yeah, and the, th- the problem, I know a lot of guys think that she's like, Allison Hannigan is super hot, but the problem is she looks almost yeah. exactly like my cousin Nikki, and I oh, just... yeah. That's a real bummer. It's like Drew Barrymore. My, it's like, no, I just, uh, no, mm-mm. Can't, <sighs> yeah, I can't even see that spectrum.
1: She is hotter than she has any right to be, I guess. Okay. Like, if she weren't, you know, done up and famous... I don't – I think she's just an average-looking girl. Okay. Fair. Which, you know, I kind of think the same about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm. I kind of think the And same I don't about really myself. think any of these people are great <laughs> actors. Well, yeah, of course. I'm below average-looking. Whatever. Oh, I, I and don't,
0: there's a steep fall-off once you get past the main – That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's like, a pretty – and that's the same thing with Star Trek. Like, you had, yeah. you know, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Who was kind of on a whole other level, and then you know the 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 regular cast, and then any kind of get every once while you get an Ashley Judd, yeah. Uh, But most of the time it was pretty fucking rough. It was. Anytime you saw a planetary governor, oh my god, this is this guy's moment to shine.
1: Yep. I was asking myself where the hell is Xander? Like, ten minutes into this thing, Mm. like who is this shitbird military guy? Yeah. This this inappropriately dating uh teenage students guy and i guess
0: if he's, an I think assistant, he's the same then age that's yeah. fine yeah. yeah um so let's talk about what made this episode cool which is the monster of the week these uh i forget what they're what what were what did they actually call them uh
1: the gentleman oh yeah the gentleman
0: i should actually let uh tyler introduce this before okay. we get too much further Uh, He says uh, Buffy occasionally attempted to get into touch with his horror roots with mixed success. This episode is largely considered one of the creepiest and or nightmarish of the series, while still managed to be charming, emotional, and funny. Had
1: like a Silent Hill vibe with those dudes Mm. dancing around in their straight jackets. Mm Kind of like that.
0: Which I have a problem with, but we'll get to that. Okay. The music and acting are great, and Josh even managed to get some offensive gestures past the network censors. He's actually really successful. <laughs> like once more, feeling had like just lesbian oral sex.
1: Oh right, magically yeah, enhanced lesbian yeah. oral
0: sex, and just were you and y- 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 you make she's me singing come. about it. Yeah,
1: was yep. um, <laughs> well, talking about want you inside me. There's like all. Sorts oh yeah, of stuff. you could
0: decipher that shit just <gasps> fine, couldn't you? <laughs> Yours perked right up when you got to that scene. Well, you know, you <laughs> the right motivation. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, the main theme of the episode, according to Josh, is when people stop talking, it's when we start communicating. Whether it's Buffy and Riley finally expressing their true feelings or uh, Xander finally showing uh, Anya how much he cares about her by punching Spike, the episode does a great job exploring that. And I love that last shot where Buffy and Riley are finally able to talk again and they can't think of anything to say. Uh, I right. did. That was my favorite scene in this episode when Xander comes home and Andy <sighs> yeah. is kind of like lying on the couch and and Spike's picking up whatever he dropped on the floor. Yeah, and he's <laughs> got blood on his mouth because he just yeah. had a drink. Like, and he's all in de- he's also all demoned out. You <laughs> yeah. know, he's, he's got his. Which I always thought he's that was kicking so- back.
1: You know, he doesn't keep sure. up appearances yeah. when no one's
0: around. I always thought that was the goofiest conceit about Buffy, though, the fact that they kind of wolf out. Every okay. time they vampire up, like, I, yeah, it's it's already ridiculous when they when they click out their fangs in true blood, but when they get like the full on, you know, what sure. I don't know what you call that they go they go Hellboy on you,
1: yeah, yeah, their whole face changes,
0: yeah, they go Guillermo del Toro on you, and then then it's like okay, I can't take it serious, but that was super funny.
1: That was a good scene. I think my my favorite scene from this episode was the projector scene because it's real silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has just a lot of humor because, like Giles oh, right. is trying to explain what's going on here, but right. he can't talk, right? And so <laughs> people are writing, and Xander's like, "What are they after? They're after boobs? No, right. you idiot, hearts." Yeah, yeah. And it's all done through pantomime and uh,
0: writing it down in visual like pictures. And you can tell, Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon. I was, I feel like I'm slurring, Josh, uh, Josh, Josh Whedon, uh, Josh, we- <laughs> Josh Whedon. God damn it. You can tell he's having a lot of fun Yeah, in this and, and the final one as well. Right. Uh, and I always enjoy it. And th- you know what? I'm kind of bummed out that none of our favorite shows right now can do an episode like this. Like, the closest one is Mad yeah. Men. Like, you know, when they had the Burt Cooper death dream. Right. Like, it could achieve flights of fancy like this, which I always think is like the cherry on top of a fan experience Sunday. Like, when you can, believably and in-universe, work in something ridiculous like this and, like... Man, wouldn't it be cool if Game of Thrones could do, like, if not a musical episode, like oh some God. kind of one-off Monster of the Week thing where Arya and Jon could just be their peak cool that didn't really matter about it? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. All the great syndicated shows could do that because, you know, they're just they're just episodic shit. But right. the the serialization's kind of been the death of these flights of fancy, and I miss them. The pure fan service episodes.
1: Yeah, it has. Uh, I also think, you know, Mad Men did a couple of these. They did the one uh, with LSD. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was another real good one. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe Fargo might be able to get away with something like that. Fargo probably could. If it really just came up with a killer idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. So, they're, like, Giles is trying to figure all this stuff out, and he's reading his books. Of course, of course there are books. With the crazy gentleman, or you know, the fucking singing demon in them. Yeah, Giles has all the books. Yeah, he's he's
0: the bookmaster. Uh, uh,
1: and and he's like, oh, they 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 need to take seven, but take seven what? Souls, you fucker! It's always <laughs> souls. It is always
0: souls. They want to kill people and they want to drink their souls. My I had a really long conversation. With my son, because he's playing Undertale, uh-huh. and it's all about you know people taking human souls and powering them. And I'm actually getting into because. If I have to listen to him drone on for this fucking game for hours on end, I like to have my fun by twisting him in knots over to metaphysics. So I'm like, well, why is it one more human soul? Well, when he transferred, when he he burned up a million souls, when he transferred to his ultimate form, but he Mm -hmm. had one soul left when he gave. So why, when he decided to fuel his Mm -hmm. demonic form and he used a million souls, why not a million and one? Yeah. You're holding that one soul back. What was that? The fucking emergency reserve I mean, it's soul power? It's powered? a
1: two-stage thing. It's like <laughs> Goku doesn't go full Super Saiyan right away. He
0: goes ninety-nine point nine 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 percent Saiyan, but that 0. .00001 yeah. is the one that his hair just goes gold and shoots up on him. stage booster. In. He's got to, yeah, save it. Once again, I forget what we were talking about. Uh, I was tangents. talking about souls. Ah, uh, uh, yes, of course. You know, it turned out to be souls. hearts, but it's the same thing. It's the lupus of uh, Buffy. <laughs> right always souls.
1: This would be a real problem for me as a podcaster. I don't know what I'd do without a voice. Ooh,
0: right. No, no. I I think my career would be over at that point. Can we do Morse code? Everybody, let learn Morse code, right?
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to do the rest of this podcast hush style, so check out our YouTube videos <laughs> uh, if you want to try to read our lips. We're going to
0: see how much we can slip past the censors. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is a super ballsy thing to do, though.
1: Like, yes. We're going to take all the dialogue out of this episode. Mm-hmm and we're going to we're going to air it. Right. I like I can't imagine Joss goes to you know his overlords
0: and says I want to do this and they're totally cool with it. Right. Um he, fun facts for this episode, Tyler says the gentlemen are actually played by mimes, which do a great job of building tension with their creepy smiles and carefree attitude. Hmm. And this is the only episode of the series ever nominated for an Emmy. Uh, so what did you think of the uh, Just as Monsters of the Week, how how did the gentleman grab you? I thought they were effectively creepy. The way, especially the the scene where they were holding a person down and just with these, like, super polite, you know, like, oh, no, after you, after you, just ripping their hearts out with that, like you said, smile, makeup-assisted smile plastered on their face. It was just, it was genuinely, I won't say terrifying, but... I'm thinking if I could, I'd seen this five years ago, it would have disturbed me to watch with the lights out. It's disturbing in the same way that Clockwork Orange is disturbing. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's kind of like Clockwork Orange meets Silent Hill to me. Mm. Like, very, very much a mix of those two.
0: And so my my problem is I did not like the dudes in straight jackets. Okay. Like, the gentlemen were creepy and just kind of, like, menacing and, like, inexorable. Like, they just would kept keep coming. Like, yeah. they're not particularly fast. They're just floating after you. Um but these guys in a straitjackets doing their tumbling routines and flailing or like it took away from like the simplicity and elegance of the gentlemen themselves. Okay. Like I felt like, well, how gentleman can you be if you're rolling around with this tool? You know? Like All right. why yeah you're these implacable demons. What do you need heavies for? What do you need muscle for? Hold them down, I guess. But they that's the thing, like the gentlemen themselves did the holding, didn't they? I thought. Thought it was, a, uh, Maybe it was. maybe like it was. seems like it seems like uh, all these guys were was like mooks that you could fight, but yeah, I don't know. You ended up having to kind of, I I don't know. I that that was the one thing I was kind of disappointed when I started seeing these guys tumble out and do their their uh, Cirque du Soleil routines. I was less impressed.
1: Yeah, I was unimpressed with the uh, the quote unquote authorities there in that town. Immediately <laughs> jumping to flu vaccine as a cause.
0: Yeah, that's – I mean, all the meta stuff, right? It's like when they would cut to the news and it's like this small town has been quarantined over a sudden onset of laryngitis. I'm like, what the actual fuck?
1: Laryngitis doesn't render you unable to scream or speak or – what else couldn't they do? And why would they do like a full
0: military cordon of the the area? You know, it's like – Right, it's not exactly life-threatening. Yeah well yeah it just it just uh, everything about it was weird like did they they didn't do that in the once more feeling like town suddenly gripped in no they didn't s- you know self combusting dancing and singing like that would be a similar kind of like oh it really breaks my immersion when you shove the real world into this fantastic situation i don't give a shit what the i i don't need this is a patently ridiculous situation involving demons right right i don't need an inset to letting you know that this is actual real world phenomenon that people are taking note of i'm not going to be like how did this town get their voices stolen and no one from the outside world knew about it like that's not even the hundredth thing on my mind right (laughs) right Fair enough. But uh, maybe the, I guess Josh knows his fans better. Maybe that's the kind of shit he's like, I'm not getting a fucking email from these fucks. The world knows emails. about it. Shut the fuck up. That was like, you know, preemptive putting his hand on the sword hilt kind of thing.
1: The uh the faux military guys though, much much more reasonable. Much more ready to sit back and say, Look, we don't know what caused this yet.
0: Let's investigate mm-hmm. before claiming a a direct cause. Yeah. Uh, I also, like, I thought that the fight scenes were surprisingly good. Yeah, they were Like, they I don't know whether Sarah good, Michelle yeah. Geller like, raised her, her flexibility and strength levels over the seasons. Probably, yeah. Because I remember them being really tepid and kind of uh-huh. disappointing in the first season, where she's like, she fucking roundhouse kicked some dude through a wooden plank that was pretty sweet. And yep. it looked like, like, she looked like she was throwing solid punches into things with weight, and they were realistically flying. Which is a lot of the time when uh, my big problem when I'm watching like wafy girls kick ass is like it's just a it's a physics problem, yeah, right? Like you put Ronda Rousey in there, sure. You, you you put Gwendolyn Christie in there, like okay, that is a solid mass hitting. But I, how, however they did it, they uh, by season four they like, they kind of nailed it. I, I I found all the kind of fisticuffs exciting in this episode.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought. You know, like I said, I, this was my favorite episode by far. The fighting was part of that. I liked it. Um, I was curious oh. how the, the gentlemen figure out who they're going to steal the heart from. Hmm. Is it totally random? They seem to be just going down be. the hall, cho- you know, choosing a door. Pick a door right. and a door.
0: But on the other hand, they were going after Willow's future girlfriend. Uh who is a witch. Yeah, she is. But not as powerful. So here, the other thing is, like, I was confused because I thought Willow's power was she was I, a werewolf. A somehow, werewolf? Yeah, somehow no. I got it twisted up that she, mm. her, her secret, sequ- because she didn't start off being a witch from the beginning, did she? I don't she? think so, no. And and I know that she had found, she, had, she had, dis- has had some found discovered power, which this happens all the fucking time. Sure. Like, true blood, you find out, sookie Stackhouse out, she's a fairy. She can blast light out her ass, and that's why vampires mm-hmm. love her. Um, this is, you find out Willow, I thought it was a werewolf. Oh, and no, I'm like, oh, that's why the really nerds like Wic her because culture. she's going to like fucking wolf out, and she's going to have furry ears and probably a tail, and that's why oh, the my nerds God. Just love her so much. But she's instead, she's a lesbian witch, which also explains why a lot of nerds love her. I think they just like her because she
1: has the the flute action going on.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say because she's an intelligent, well written character. And totally, no, I left no. myself so open for the haymaker. <laughs> oh I thought, man, I went for the American Pie reference. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, so I, I don't know, maybe it's just random. And, okay. and and these are the most unfortunate people
0: on the planet. Uh also So if the curse is broken by a princess singing, why is Buffy screaming, which is not singing, nor do my knowledge is she a princess. Why did their heads all explode? I thought he said it was a single scream. Oh, I thought he said he it broke was a prince. I thought he said it was not, I was watching with the subtitles on I thought he said it was a princess singing, but mm. maybe... Well, I could... Maybe it was a, a person subtitles. scream.
1: It could have it been. Well, if I that's thought the they case, said then scream. I have no issue.
0: Okay. But I thought... Well, and the other thing is, like, I, if, if in season two you found out that she's a princess by some long-lost demonic bloodline, right. sure, that works, right. too. Who knows? Yeah. And a scream could be a... I mean, I guess, like, you know, death metal guys get away with it, so... <laughs> sure you <laughs> can crack glasses with a scream why not yeah and the other pleasure of going back and watching um, Buffy is all the proto weeden shots and techniques that he f- later honed in Firefly and then you see all over the place in like yeah. the Avengers this does feel very proto Joss like, yeah like I, I- like the final scene where he pulls out wide angle and is just Buffy, like they got their voices back and they're just yeah. they're just standing there, which is something Tyler, you know, that's that's one of the on the nose things that Tyler pointed out.
1: And in the body, I think there's a lot of really good camera work, a lot of really interesting shots. Yeah, um, but so I say Proto Joss in both a good a negative and a positive connotation. Mm-hmm. I do like seeing where he came from and his roots, but I also think it's not nearly as polished as he gets mm. later on. Um and I don't know if that's a consequence of being a nineties T V show that he was just he had to write this certain way because of that. Yeah. Or if that's just him finding his legs. But either way, like you see
0: a lot of Joss in it. Well the other thing is I think there's still some things he struggles with, like emotional reaction. Uh, and I'm gonna let's, let's do. You think it's because he tries to, to zig body. where you think he's gonna zag? I don't know because like I the I think the Avengers is a great superhero movie, but my uh-huh. number one complaint is the immediate aftermath of Agent Colston's death. I don't, I don't buy know. the fact that that thing brought the whole team down and bummed them out. Like re- whether it was a Asgardian god or a billionaire or a brilliant scientist or a fucking you know super American soldier boy. They, or a, a Russian female a spy. Like, their reactions to all this, regardless of their knowledge of this dude, was the fucking same. And, you know, it's all gazing out in middle distance and angsty, angry, frustration. <laughs> and it's just, it right. seems very like a still a teenage way to deal with any kind of grief situation. And that's my biggest problem the body. Like, I didn't think it was yeah. particularly well acted nor written. Okay, well, let's move on to the body then. Okay, let's talk about let's, it. Let's have Tyler uh, tee it up. This episode is actually based on Josh Whedon's own experience, Josh Whedon's own experience of losing his mother to a brain aneurysm, and it breaks my heart every time. Buffy's mother, Joyce, was always a tertiary character and never someone I cared that much about, but I cannot watch a single frame of the post credence sequence without crying. This episode does such a great job of putting you in these first few moments with Buffy and capturing how surreal and seemingly mundane they can be. I love the small details, like Buffy staring at the phone or calling out good luck to the EMTs as they leave. It makes everything feel so real. The acting is great. So when... Can can I ask you when... So I think when he says post credit
1: sequence, he's talking about the post-theme song. I think so. Like the dinner that they're having? I think so. When the fuck does this take place? It's a flashback. It's gotta be after the first episode we watched, after Hush, because Willow and What's-Her-Face are together. Yeah, and also Giles
0: and her mother have a thing. Okay... (laughs) Didn't they? Uh, I don't, I don't maybe maybe. I thought that was something they hinted at in the previous episode okay. and now like that was a fact. But again, I could that's that's an assumption I made just trying to make some facts fit together. All right. And is the previous I think it's the previous Christmas?
1: Okay, it must be. It must have happened before you know, after this uh first episode we watched.
0: Right. It'd be funny if the EMT said, "You know, if you didn't have this lengthy 5 minute memory out of we body experience your, your mother had exactly a five minute window of which she could have been revived and i hope you weren't thinking of turkey <laughs> and your friends at that moment <laughs> and her burning <laughs> pies a fucking petty buffy um anyway so the acting is great all around this episode i love how everyone's different reactions are to the bad news willow needs to find the right outfit so as not to further upset buffy Sander mm-hmm. needs someone to blame. Anya has limited experience as a mortal and is trying to understand her role.
1: Limited. Let's call it like it is. She has fucking no experience. It's pretty bad. I, I do not like this character. No. I think this is easily the worst part of all of these episodes. Okay, I agree. is Anya because she is. She's there as a conduit for the, absurdity. I,
0: I, I, I got an uh. I, I analogy that I, I'm going to okay. try to, to, to deploy to explain his attraction to this. Uh, and Tara's the outsider just trying to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Thematically, this is the climax of Buffy's struggle to deal with something completely normal that has nothing to do with the supernatural. As a Slayer, she can solve most of her problems by punching them in the face, but Joyce got a brain tumor and died from complications after it was removed, and Buffy was completely helpless to stop it.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So I want to unpack this. Um, there's this one episode, uh, I think it's called The Offspring of Star Trek The Next Generation, where Data decides to create a child. It's just to bring him a step closer to humanity. And, um, he, he does, and he brings this, I think he calls the, the child Lal, which is some Hindu word for beloved, because that's how Star Trek ro- rolls. Um, anyway she he he does this and you know he tries to teach her to be human and she, but he but he wasn't as good of an android engineer as his creator Dr. Noonien Soon and she suffers this like cascading neural network failure and she essentially dies mm. and uh at this one point this this starfleet official this blue shirt guy he's a scientist guy comes out um you know to tell the rest of the crew to date his daughter died and yeah. Um, And you got to remember that this is one of the guys who in the previous season was lobbying to dismantle Data to figure out how to make more of him to make like a whole, you know, essentially race of of Android slaves, which is the point of that fucking heavy handed episode. Right. But Data, you know, because he's his his thing was, well, you're a machine. Starfleet found you under interstellar salvage rights. You're our property. Yeah. And there was like the Supreme Starfleet qu- court case about it. So that's another dimension that you would need to understand further. But he comes out and he's like obviously moved. This guy's a terrible actor. But he's saying like at the end, you know, Data's hands were moving so fast and to try to like reroute his daughter's brain that like there were a blur you couldn't even see him. Mm-hmm. See, I'm getting like emotional just just <laughs> telling the story. Okay. But if you just came in and watched this episode. You would be. You would say the same things like, "Why is Dave, he's like this?" In, it's like unplausibly unhuman, and like there's all this like you know, oh, "I'm a wooden real boy routine," and it's a bunch of tired bullshit. But I eat it up because I love these characters, and I, and and this right. one in particular. If you don't have that, it's yep. it's, it's, it's laughable. And, I agree with you, and that's the thing. Like I'm judging this as a person that has very little affinity for these characters, and all I can see is how terrible. Thin, some of the acting is, and some of the characterizations are.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: Um, but but Tyler obviously gets the full picture. So like, who's sure. right, who's wrong?
1: Uh, nobody. It's different perspectives. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. So I like I'm not gonna say this is a bad episode. I think you know the people, the actors aren't amazing. They're television actors, and you know, well they're, that they're not. That awesome. used to be an
0: insult. Nowadays, it's it's debatable. The but, television yeah. actors from the. Late 90s, early 2000s. So they were the B squad. Yeah,
1: they're not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, not... Like, I have a bunch of questions that's rolling around in my head. Like, what did she... How did she die? What the hell? She just, like, is this really just a complete non sequitur? And she walks in and her mom's dead?
0: Well, that's the other thing Where's is, Where's the where's the twist? What demon has done this? Yes! When is she gonna wake up? And, and that's the like, thing that, that, that kind of I stuff. think also further kept me from connecting to the episode because... All the weird camera choices where Joss was trying to show how grieving Buffy was, and she wasn't yeah. fully processing, and she was zooming in on phones and seeing half the face. And Yeah, and that was a really cool like, shot. I like that. When the doctor's telling him, he, like, he says the opposite of what he's actually saying. He says, essentially, I'll say anything so you don't feel guilty. When he's really saying... um." you did nothing wrong or there's nothing you could have done to save her like that's the message his lips make but the actual thing that buffy hears is i'm just telling you whatever will make you feel better about it not being your fault sure and so that's all very valuably you know va- you know that's that's all defensible artistically right yeah but it made me a guy who's coming into this know like i thought the same as you there is some kind of demon that's fucking with buffy and this is going to be like at the end of the episode everything's going to be okay
1: i thought it was a switcheroo i thought they were going to cut her open and be like this isn't your mom there's nothing inside like right and then when the demon like at the 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 end
0: when the the demon sat up in the morgue which is a classic horror trope and i was expecting any time like even in splinter cell if I'm playing Splinter Cell and Sam Fisher has to go through a morgue where there's bodies with sheets yeah. on them, i would like, yeah. fuck it, some nerve gas is going to flood, and I'm going to start having psychosis, and these bodies are going to get me. Yep. Or if I'm playing Batman, I go through morgue, oh, right. this is where the st- scarecrow fucking scares me. If you're playing a horror game, well, then just lube up because it's coming. <laughs> yep. Um. So when he got up, I'm like, okay, here's the reveal. She's going to beat the demon, and her mom will be back. Yeah. But it's weird because it the, the whole time it kept me from emotionally engaging with the reality of the situation.
1: And I feel like if I had the context of maybe previous episodes, like I yes. tried to go read the episode synopsis for the one before this. Right. But there was no real explanation. Like she went on a date with some
0: guy named Brian. Well, they mentioned his glory, which I thought was maybe the big this season glory character. No idea who that is. Yeah. And I, that, so it's like I felt like I was following these breadcrumbs that are obviously false if you watched the episode. But to me, right. they weren't. Yeah,
1: I I don't know so I came in blind and that was a big problem for me. Right. And like, I, thought I didn't like, I didn't enjoy it because of that.
0: Is Xander the kind of guy that punches his hand through a wall when he's dealing with grief? Don't know. I don't know much about him. Um maybe the Josh Josh Whedon punched the hand through a dry wall and that to me that seems like a weird reaction to, to, to grief. So tell me how a demon doesn't understand the concept of death.
1: I know, dude. Can you and, and can you explain to me? Anything about why... So, was she assigned, like, to a different like, realm
0: entirely? Right. Like, you don't get the idea... Like, to me, you, the idea of your non-existence to a mortal would probably be even more terrifying than to a mortal. So, like, okay. if anything, she would be overreacting to, like this person being gone. And same thing, but she was like, completely ignorant of the concept of death. Right. Like, and I just, I haven't seen a reaction this stupid since Orlando Bloom did Legolas' reaction to uh, fucking Gandalf dying in Lord of the Rings. And I remember listening to the commentary and Orlando Bloom's like, well... You know, even though he's young, he's still an immortal and he's been living for hundreds of years amongst the elves. And, and maybe this is his first exposure to death and he just can't even process what. And I'm like, no, you fucker. No, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You live shoulder to shoulder with other mortals. You've heard them. Yeah. You know, like, are, uh, one uh, of the rulers of your realm is like a half fucking, and all of his progeny get to choose whether they're going to be human or elf. Like, don't give me this stupid are elves bullshit. Are immortal?
1: I thought Elves just lived a long time.
0: No, elves and they're they're immortal. They can't be killed. They're immortal. Wow. If you kill them, they just respawn in the Promised Land. Oh, pop out of another pod somewhere. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's like you know, like the green giant. They just grow in peapods. That's yeah. That's right from the Cimmerillian.
1: Yeah, I, so I, I don't know how to deal with this episode in the context of Buffy because it doesn't feel anything like yeah. A Buffy episode. And I, I feel
0: like I don't want to keep talking about it because it's just gonna go. It's just gonna bum Tyler out. Okay. But I hope by telling I didn't the story, understand if, the end. I like. Yep, I, don't, I don't know. Nope. Um, and she's fact, gone. Where'd she other go? Other the fact that like Buffy what? has a a, a, a sister, right. which I thought was abrupt, and that's another thing where I'm like, oh well, okay, she's a demon child, and now it's all come time to pay the Piper um but apparently that's just um she she showed up in season five according to tyler and that was a deliberate mystery because the whole cast treated her like she's always been there even though we know it's not and i actually think that's kind of cool weird to to stage an obvious mystery like that i Um, think he should have
1: done something with that at the end of the show and i don't know if he does right but it could have been you know an overarching plot right well that's the
0: thing like when she started to lay her hand on her mother and it cut I'm like well fuck this I'm gonna watch the next episode and I got like a couple you know 10-15 minutes into it and they never really paid that off so Mm. if that does pay off it pays off later so but I was curious enough to try to do that Uh, okay let's talk about once more feeling Um, I'm gonna get to Tyler's commentary here
1: okay I I, I do want to say like about the body uh I feel like it could have been emotionally impactful if you have a similar experience.
0: I guarantee or, it. I don't think Tyler's lying Or to if us. you are
1: a, a big fan of the show and right. you're more connected with these characters. So, yes. like, I can see where it would be good for a lot of people. And that's, you know, some of the acting and some of the uh, shot choices were pretty good. Some of the acting was real bad. Um, but overall, I think I liked it more than once more with feeling, which didn't satisfy me in basically any way.
0: Okay. <laughs> Um, and like I said, I am i mean, I get choked up over the stupid Star Trek story and that data's daughter was played terribly bad actress <laughs> and Brent Spiner is essentially doing a Pinocchio pantomime uh, and it still gets me teared up. So, like, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, let's talk about one smart feeling, which I think is my favorite. So this to okay. be interesting. Hmm. Uh, as much as I love these first two episodes, this is my absolute favorite. Ah, Team Tyler. I'm on it. There are a lot of characters this season descending into darkness, and I love how that is portrayed and captured by a musical episode. All the music is so fun and happy, but when you actually listen to the lyrics and see what the characters are actually revealing about themselves, it gets pretty dark. The best example of this is the very end that the music swells as Buffy and Spike kiss Spike kiss, in what is usually the happy ending of a musical. In reality, Buffy, being ripped from paradise, has left her completely numb and in desperation to feel something. She has started a relationship with the soulless demon. Backstory to this, apparently in the climax of Season 5, Buffy sacrifices her life to save the world. Yeah, Uh, Willow casts some dark magic to resurrect her, thinking that they're saving her from fate in hell, and it turns out that she was actually in heaven, and she got ripped back into second life as a hell, which is something she's grappling with. Um, So, you're still in line for the heaven thing, right? I, that's what I'm saying like if you, you die so you go right back yeah, to heaven. Why yeah, why are you so
1: worried about Well, maybe this dark magic was She like, "Oh, well now I've given I've been given another opportunity to fuck
0: up and go to hell." <laughs> I I, think, I don't know. God doesn't That'd truck be scary. with God doesn't truck with black magic. I yeah, right. I mean, okay. I I I I learned a lot as a Jehovah's Witness. That was number 1. He just really <laughs> hates that shit. Like you can't even pretend you're Harry Potter or catch Pikachu because you're it's right. just, it's, yeah. it's too close to magic, man. An electric rat, you're halfway to hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, um, this episode is also somewhat of a sequel to Hush thematically and expressing that it's when we stop talking that we start communicating. Most notably, Xander and Anya finally reveal their reservations about getting married and Buffy finally reveals to her friends that she was in heaven when they brought her back rather than a hell dimension.
1: What's going on with Willow and her girlfriend here? I'm, I'm so, utterly confused by this uh, whole thing. Parents, There's some kind of fight.
0: They had a fight. they this, had. They, this was all pretty well covered, I thought. By she's now reluctant to use her own. magic. I don't but understand she, any so of she it. So she cast a spell on her girlfriend. They had a fight, and she's insecure enough about the relationship that she used black magic to cast a spell on her girlfriend to make her forget about the fight. And in this episode, some, okay. and I'm not sure exactly how, but somehow, shit, that's somehow looking at this this mm-hmm. herb... Uh, and this, this magical cookbook led her to the conclusions, probably because she's a witch herself, that this is what her girlfriend did. And what should she do about that knowledge? That she made me forget something and, you know, that's, right. that's some dark shit. Um, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that I wasn't I, picking up on any of that. Yeah, yeah. So, I've, I've got most of that from the context of, like, the previously on and all that. But um, I thought that... Oh, I didn't watch any previously on stuff. Gotcha. Um, and, I, you know, that's one of the cool things about science fiction is you can take, a, you know, something about dishonesty in relationships and, like, a real-life phenomenon like gaslighting someone, like, you know, fucking with their sense of reality as a, a tactic of abuse. And you can take to the nth degree. Like, I literally have a spell that can make you forget right. a memory. And, like, holy shit, that's some really dark, dark stuff. Like, what if I punch you in the face and, you know... Uh, you once you heal up, I make you forget that I hurt you. Well,
1: no, it just starts a wizard duel, and you <laughs> battle back and forth, turning each other into frogs and chickens, and and well, one no,
0: the wands connect, and then it just starts popping out all the terrible spells you've cast on oh, each other, yeah. and, and it on just your All friends, the dirty, all the dirty, uh, dirty stuff comes out. Yep. Um. But no, that's why I like science fiction, fantasy, because you can do awesome shit like that. Sure. Uh, fun facts: Josh wrote. Oh, he did it. He fucking did. He put Josh. He slurred Joss. Oh. Joss wrote this episode including all the music and lyrics over a period of six months. He took a month-long hiatus early in season six and recorded really? all the music. Really? With his wife while they're on vacation in Cape Cod. he grew Really? Up, it's yeah.
1: real bad. It's oh, not it's good not. at all. It's, oh, it's terrible. There's one two
0: things that are, ter- that are bad. The Christ. others are actually good. I didn't like any of it. Well, I'll fight you then. Uh, he grew up loving musicals and went into theater instead of film. Almost went into theater instead of film, but this is yeah. pretty much his first time writing music. There are mixed reactions from the cast when they were given a soundtrack instead of a script that they were expecting, Uh, anthony stewart head who's giles had done some musical theater and james marsters spike that's the guy's name had been in a couple bands but no one else in the cast had any music experience oh you don't say it does show you don't fucking say xander and everyone agreed (laughs) not to use voice doubles although allison hannigan willow and michelle trachtenberg don ended up singing very little because they were so nervous about it um so who's the best singer
1: I have a very. I have two Gilles. people who are very
0: clearly the best. I thought Giles and who's uh, Xander's G- girlfriend. Giles is
1: Giles is pretty good. He so, wasn't on my list, but yes, Anya, real good. And
0: and you could tell professional level dancer. Like when right. her and yeah. Xander were dancing, it's no. like the con. I was embarrassed for Xander because he's a fucking schlub, and she's just got
1: yeah she's real good
0: she's just re like she's got it down it, it reminds it's like dancing with the stars she's the pro and he's the star yeah he's the b-level star that's what it looked like man i felt bad
1: uh the one other who i thought was really good was spike spike actually yeah was really and i don't know if it was because the music was tailored to him and like his attitude well, pop and his ready. voice and it's a, stuff it's, it's but a, like
0: it's a pop ready you know <laughs> crowd pleaser I mean, that's the, well, that's the no. that the meta is Like ours is more of a retro pastiche. It's oh, not right. a yeah. you know chart chart topping pop song or whatever. Yeah, no, I thought those two
1: characters were easily the best.
0: And Giles was I like a G- real close third. But- I thought Giles was pretty good too. Yeah. And and I didn't think that um Sarah Michelle Geller was bad. Nah, eh, she was okay. And t- no, dude. The last one. Uh Oh, when the, the last this thing, thing where she opened up our ha- hearts and th- it had this really weird off-tempo bridge and it was so bad. And then that song she kept on doing "Of bad. Heaven,"
1: I hated that song. The it was way terrible. she kept
0: singing "Of Heaven" was hurting my ears. And sh- they they made her repeat the refrain like four Ten times, times at yeah. the end. I'm like, no. I no. thought that whole
1: number at the end was just a piece of shit.
0: It is pretty bad from the writing to okay. the music to
1: the singing to the da- all of it. Dancing was even bad. It was ah yeah god it was a nightmare
0: but. oh and when they had like uh sarah michelle geller freestyle dancing it mm-hmm. yeah the contrast between her ability um and that's the thing like it's it's this isn't easy no
1: There's a reason, like Neil Patrick Harris was so lauded for his work in Doctor Horrible, yeah, because he's an actual phenomenal, sure,
0: yeah. Um, Which is why I got to make you watch Singing in the Rain because it's the best (laughs) example of this kind of thing that's ever been conceived. It's like insane execution on all levels Um, Hmm. and super fun. But you hate this, so now I'm worried. Um, (laughs) Oh man, Uh, I hated
1: this because it felt like Amateur Hour
0: okay it so didn't feel i'm gonna go good. let's so let's talk about um as far as the songs themselves, like the first one going through the motions uh then the I've got a theory i which, I'm trying to think of like all the different songs and like which one was our our favorite, um which had the lines where Xander immediately accuses a witch of being the bad guy and then realizes that like a lot of his friends are witches, and he starts self consciously. backtracking in song and then Anya's got some weird I guess legit phobia about bunny rabbits this didn't play to me cause like
1: has it ever explained why she's actually afraid of bunnies as a former demon but it's kind of like Data
0: doesn't use contractions and they do a lot of jokes around that but if you don't know that fact if you just watch some random episode and they tried to land that joke it wouldn't make sense
1: yeah yeah that's the major problem I have I'm just not familiar enough with the show
0: I like the like the one offs, like the guy doing the big musical number about "I got the mustard out" or "They got the mustard out." Oh, right! And you know, there were a lot of cool things. And there was like when they're panning past the woman pleading to be let out of the parking ticket, and I realized that, and even the Red Demon himself, they cast those people because they can sing and dance. Oh, right. And, like, those vignettes are so much above everything else that happens in the episode.
1: Yeah, and they're cleverly used, too. I think there are some moments where people are just talking, and you'll see people dancing through the background. Yeah. Like, the Uh the whole town's doing this, so you're
0: going to see some weird shit. Because it's magic. Uh Uh-huh. And I actually thought because the Red Demon guy was so good that his duet with um, Michelle Trachtenberg, Uh Dawn, uh, was really good because it was kind of one of those things where I felt like Michelle did a good, even though her singing was okay. It was and, fine, And they p- yeah. played into her, like, single octave range. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know why he didn't do the same courtesy for poor Michelle, Sarah Michelle <laughs> Geller. But she played a perfect, like... Her character went between alternating, like, this is kind of awesome because I'm, like, doing these really complicated dances and this is kind of, like... How would
1: you do it so when the when but, the but plot... then also
0: like I'm horrified because there's a demon dancing with me, like right, yeah
1: no i it so it was a little creepy from the aspect, of, like I think she's a fifteen year old well, girl they in do this, completely which is...
0: lean into that meta, right, yeah, she right. even says like well i'm one of the her lyrics was <sighs> well, I'm fifteen, I'm pretty sure this is illegal
1: yeah i'm I'm super surprised by how much they lean into some of the a little squickier elements of these interactions because mm. they, they don't shy away from them I guess and yeah, gloss right. over them and try to ignore them they point them out and they continue down that road sure uh so I mean, you know sometimes that that's joss. all you
0: need to do like I understand right I'm being a little transgressive here but but this, this is, is art. Let's this is just the, go like with it. don't be afraid. I'm not going to rape this teenage girl. This is a demon. He's not going to hurt her. It's going to be fine. This is By a By the musical. end Buffy will save her. yeah. Right. Like uh-huh. that's why it's cool. Or that's why it's okay. Right. So
1: how in this episode would you have spared Sarah Michelle Geller the indignities of singing for as long uh, and you, as focused as you, she did, you because... write
0: lyrics that are you don't give her to Star Spangled Banner, and honestly, okay. the final song is like, you know, there's a Rubik's Cube that has four rows. That's the mm. like Star Spangled Banner is one of those things that it's got some notes that are notoriously hard for like an amateur to sing, and they kind of right. they kind of throw you because it's, it's got a non-conventional structure and like there's like really h- lows and really highs, which is hard for like the average person to do. Mm-hmm. But it seems like. I just feel like that's what he did. He wrote a harder version of the national anthem and gave it to a weak singer. Like, if you got a singer who can't get more than a half octave of range, then work with that. Yeah. Or auto tuner. Right. Or, I didn't.
1: I don't understand why they didn't use a lot of auto tune, especially on Xander. Like, I think Xander was maybe the worst. Oh, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar. Really? That that heaven stuff was, okay. was.
0: I can't believe they actually put that. Spike out then on air. goes on to do that,
1: and it's okay it's, that's what i'm saying i just think it's a bad song to begin with and then entirely agree and then you put a really excellent singer like spike on it and he can almost yeah. pull it off
0: yeah but yeah you're right like Barbra Streisand could probably make that song sing for sure yeah uh bett midler sure um you know whitney houston but <laughs> right. sarah michelle gellard no uh-uh it's not gonna happen yeah um but i did enjoy like willow and whatever her girlfriend's name is like obvious lesbian love making uh and especially yeah. when she's like you make me come please <laughs> as as willow's between her legs and she's lifting that, into the air you didn't
1: yeah. I, I noticed the lifting into the air oh i didn't notice the lyric mm-hmm. uh interesting. Can, interesting can you explain to me what the fuck is going on with giles in this episode He's having some crisis of faith where he doesn't think he's helping Buffy. Why?
0: I think it's more like, look at this wonderful, resourceful, beautiful, strong, intelligent person that I have taking all of their potential and kind of robbed into service like he's just feeling bad to about to save it.
1: the goddamned world, uh, yeah, dude. But still, Get it's over like yourself. Ender's
0: game, like I think even if this eight-year-old boy saved the galaxy, you do kind of feel bad for what you twisted him into to make that happen. Like uh, you've, Harrison you've, Ford, you've Ford taken doesn't give a, a fuck. <laughs> Harrison Ford's all about that shit. <laughs> yeah, and Gandhi gave even la- less of a fuck. <laughs> Tattooed face Gandhi <laughs> gave even less of a fuck. But I, I feel like that's like, yeah, I've, I've turned this human being into a weapon. And her yeah. joy has been sucked out of life and uh maybe I don't Okay. So I, th- I think it's that. But yeah, that was some of the imagery in that was kinda of, and I thought it was is a kind of undercut because there's a lot of jokey stuff going on, but yet this was kinda of deadly serious. And here's my point. If you're a fan of this show, these are storylines have been brewing for yeah. a long time. And, and I know you did it. You and I, but that's not where I'm going. You and I, a lot of times we get frustrated when angles, bru- when 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 friction between character just brews yeah, and like it's unresolved for episode after episode. And I wonder right. if Josh Joss was able to skillfully set these things up to come to a head in the previous episode, or whether some of these things have been dangling like most of the season. And like, like was Spike?
1: This- how long has this gone on with Spike?
0: Yeah, and, like, did you, did you feel as a fan, oh, my God, this was worth the wait? Or were you a little bit tempered with, oh, man, I wish we could have, like, I don't know if it's worth it dragging some of this stuff out so we can get this kind of payoff. I suspect it's the former because this is Tyler's could favorite be. episode and he seems like a legit fan. Right. But, uh, yeah. I did, the other thing I enjoy, really enjoyed was Spike um, proclaiming his immunity to the curse. And mm-hmm. then slowly, like being shocked, and then kind of resigned. Oh fuck! I guess I'm gonna sing now too. Yeah. Like I thought that was a really good angle for him to play. Um. I thought the I don't know the like the rest in peace, his uh, little rock yeah, ballad was, was the choreography was awesome in the graveyard. The way they tumble into the grave, like they 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 really kind of nailed that sequence. I think that might be my favorite one. Yeah, it could be.
1: Uh. That was a pretty good one. I do also like Xander and Anya's thing in their house where they're talking about, you know, something that is eminently relatable to a basically everyone. Mm-hmm. They understand the concept of marriage being a, a thing that you get nervous about. Yeah. It's not like that hasn't been done in every single movie ever. Right. So, like, I wasn't confused about that one.
0: Yeah. I thought though that I was funny. Context. And, again, I was amazed at how well the Anya character yeah. was doing. Um so, yeah, I thought that was really good and funny and relatable and also kind of, like, crass. Like, there's a, a, a bit of a crudeness this episode where, uh, that I appreciate, you know? Uh-huh. Like, if you're going to go for lowbrow humor, just, like, really go for it. I also th- like Dawn. she's like, starts this n- number. Does anyone even care? And she's immediately kidnapped. <laughs> right. Which I wonder if that was, like, some of, like, fan, like, I wonder how well like Dawn was. Mm-hmm. Because there's a couple meta jabs at the character. Kind of like, um... You know, like, like was she perceived as a Wesley Crusher? Like, this person right. is just shoehorned into this thing for some mystery we don't care about, and it's fucked up to relate. Because Buffy took a shot about her sister always causing trouble, and then when she's in the middle of anyone, does anyone even care, she gets wiped off the screen. I, yeah. I wonder. If so, I thought that's even funnier. Uh, I really liked the Dem- Demon's main number, where he did the, mm. like, there's a lot of cool practical effects uh, or maybe special effects. Obviously his lips being ripped off is well, a special yeah. effect. But him changing clothes, like I wonder if that was a lighting technique or did they actually just do a a, a break in the camera and yeah, the guy just really hit his mark. Um but yeah, uh I don't know. What what else do we I, I was really hoping you'd dig this episode, man. Uh,
1: I don't has an episode like I guess I just wasn't I was not prepared for each of these to kind of be self-contained uh stylistically i guess like very very different stylistically and yeah and not what i think of as a buffy i was expecting more of an action monster a week thing and like that is not what i got at all i'm actually glad put it put me wasn't. off on oh like, really well I, w- I guess i was hoping for one more of those after hush was so good mm. uh and then i get to one once more with feeling after coming off the body and i'm like uh
0: another one of these and I think this is probably the... A poorly executed one at that. I think this is one of the better... I, honestly, I think this is one of the better concepts of, like, taking three episodes from a television show that you don't need a lot of background to... If you don't enjoy it, at least appreciate what they're trying to do. I
1: think The Nightman Cometh is a better
0: musical <laughs> than Once More with Feeling. Uh execution wise, but it didn't have to do like this thing had to carry water. Like that just (laughs) had to be ridiculous, which is I normally think comedy is harder, but I kind of think that is the one exception when you're doing musical pastiche parodies, like just being funny with, it's easier than being funny and also earnest. Um, But I don't know. Like I, I thought that um, I also didn't understand at the end why Giles and everyone insisted she had to go alone and then immediately rescinded that. I know it had was some kind of fault. It was some kind of working out of his standing in her way. Right song, but I'm not sure why he. Like thought Cindy- they've got to come together.
1: They got to support each other. But yeah, that, that's like that. That's what the whole obvious. last song is like, about, right?
0: Right. But I, I, thought that point seemed false because at no point it's no one was like Spike was like fuck this. All Buffy's friends were like why? Giles was the only one, and he wasn't really explaining himself.
1: Yeah, I, I always get the feeling that they did lean on Buffy as, you know, the one with supernatural ass-kicking powers. Yeah, uh, But now they kind of all have that in some way. Except for Xander. Xander's his Xander's Superman construction worker guy who can punch holes in walls. And, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, when the plaster demon comes, he's going right. to wreck shop, let me <laughs> tell you. Uh, yeah. Until the demon cast the 2x4 stud
1: spe- spell. I guess I only really liked one of the three... Uh, I don't know well, that's a I don't know it is. I just three. don't have enough context to I'm, I'm two for three
0: and I definitely see the where body. Tyler's coming from on the body Yeah. Um. the other thing is like, I didn't understand the ending of the once more feeling episode at all the fact that the demon's just like oh it wasn't you who summoned me okay see ya so it's Xander but you're a someone's why didn't Xander get exploded can he only take the person who summoned him but but he said Michelle Trachtenberg didn't, but apparently Xander Dawn... did.
1: Xander was like, "I thought it'd be cool and fun know, and make that's everybody what I'm happy." Like I and, didn't... Oh, I don't want you as a child bride. Goodbye, I'm out. Huh? He didn't take anybody.
0: Huh? Yeah, and but then he says, "See you all in hell." Right. So what the hell does that mean? Not Buffy. She's going to heaven. Well, maybe you. not going to see got... her. God, God hates, God hates <laughs> magic, dude. Right. Um, and then, so after, presumably, the curse is over, they're still singing, which also, I felt, I'm i like, you know, if you're going to go to the trouble of doing this awesome and in-universe, and it's plausible because of the type of show it is, why are you fucking with the rules at the end? Like, I thought, that, and, and some, of right. the, some, some of the weakest medley stuff med, med medley stuff, was at the end, too, and I'm like, man, I just wish they'd kind of quit while they are ahead. Mm-hmm. But, on the other hand, I admire him for being this experimental. I mean, right. in between, yeah. like, right after you know famously right after Avengers he took like two months off to shoot uh, Much Ado About Nothing I think hmm. um, in his house and he casted some, a bunch of his friends and that was super fun I think that's on no. Netflix too it's, a, it's in black and white and it's a really good Shakespearean production of that play set in kind of a modern time uh so, like, I'm glad he gets to do things like that. And he, like, same thing with uh, Dr. Horrible. That was another kind of, like, creative yeah. recharge. Like, I just did a big studio project. I felt like I, I got dirty for doing. And now I'm going to just, you know, reset my my creative calibrations. Um, yeah. I applaud him for being able to do that. And being successful at it, too. Right. Like, this is Tyler's, as a Buffy fan, favorite episode. Um, whole shit ton of people paid big real money for Dr. Horrible and I don't know how successful the shakes but I know it was highly regarded amongst critics so mm-hmm. it's it, it's one thing to do some side jerk-off project <laughs> and nobody likes it but to do that and like it yeah. being some of your best work is shit that must make you feel like a million bucks
1: yeah I don't know I'm guessing I need to go watch Firefly and Dr. Horrible again because I need a palate cleanser
0: See, I just, I just, uh Doctor Horrible, maybe. I, uh, I just recently rewatched all of, like, within the last few months, rewatched all of. Yeah, me too. Uh, Firefly for the Commission podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's our thoughts on these three episodes of Buffy. I gotta say that I had so much, so I had a to- uh, uh, an opposite reaction from you. I had so much fun, as much, I had so much fun with these three episodes, mm-hmm. the body notwithstanding, that I kind of feel like I've put Buffy on my back burner now. Like, it's, like, I don't, Interesting. and it might even be higher than, like, Sopranos. There's a lot of it. You realize so, how much the there thing. is? There's almost the same amount of Sopranos as there is Buffy, and I feel like I can really shotgun through Buffy in a way that I couldn't do Sopranos. And it'd be more fun? It, I think it would be more fun, yeah. I'm probably pissing people off, but I'm just, like, you know, being honest. I've got, you know, my backlog, um, you know, you gotta you gotta make priorities, and there's always, huh, I feel like the backlog just never goes away. No,
1: it can't. It will never
0: go away. <sighs> Maybe you think we'll look back in 10 years and we'll wish we had the days where we didn't ha- we had too much good TV?
1: Because uh, I've seen...
0: I don't think so. I felt like I've seen my dozen serious think piece by a critic this week where it says, oh, we've got too much TV. It's terrible. And I'm like, yeah. really? Do you want to go back to the late 80s?
1: Do you want to go back to Full House?
0: Yeah. Family Matters. Right.
1: Like, those are fun if you're eight years old. Sure. That shit's terrible now. Yeah. <laughs> Like I recently I... watched an old episode of Full House. It was garbage. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, garbage. That was okay. my Friday nights for years, man. Yeah. Full TGIF. House and Family Matters. It was good, clean, <laughs> wholesome family fun, man. Yep,
1: yep. All right. Well, we've strayed a little far from the topic. Thanks to Tyler Shemway for uh, commissioning the podcast. Yes. Hope hope you were not too off put by my. Uh, I won't say disdain. That's a little strong. Yeah, you like the By first one. By my lack of excitement on the first or on the last two episodes. First yeah. episode, I really liked a lot. But
0: Yep. And, um, you know, I make up for my enthusiasm for the musical because I thought that was just awesome. And if my can you imagine like this kind of thing on The Walking Dead? Oh like, I God. think that's what that show needs. <laughs> no, you're right. You're like, 100% right. Like if they came back from this Negan bullshit with a musical episode. Yeah. Yeah. All would be forgiven. And I kind of think they could do it. <laughs> they could. Because they could make it like uh, someone's uh, you know, fever dream while they're turning in, either turning into a zombie or recovering from head trauma. Best or... and worst singer on The Walking Dead. Who do you think it is? I think Andy Lincoln's probably pretty high. I, I think feel, he's like, probably he, I feel like he's worn some tap shoes and done done some soft shoe in his day. All right. I think uh, maybe worst, the worst, Abraham. Eugene.
1: Eugene, okay. <laughs> Either one of those guys. I don't
0: see him dancing or no, no. singing in any kind of attractive <laughs> way. But you're uh, right. Ab- Abraham was going to be my, my close second, second choice. Yeah. What about Do you think okay, um Norman Reedus, surprisingly good, surprisingly bad.
1: <laughs> surprisingly bad because that's the thing like I yep. don't feel like
0: there's a middle ground with him. He wouldn't sing, he would just rev his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that might surprise you. Uh, maybe Carl Jr.? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> maybe, what he would be. Maybe uh, Judith? Judith, yeah. She's the ringer. She's the ringer. I Child actors.
1: I think we wrung all the humor out of this. Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, thanks again, Tyler. If you'd like to commission your very own podcast on Bald Move, you can go to baldmove.com slash shop, click on the big film canister-looking wheel thing, uh, we got some community commissions up there where you can contribute shares towards the final completed project. Project, or you can do what Tyler did and just go for the brass ring, go for the big ticket, and just point it blank flat out, make us watch something. Oh, and you know what they're making us watch get, next? What's that? Uh, Babylon Five. Babylon. So 5. I was afraid of this is scary. I was afraid, and let the record reflect. I tried to talk both Tyler and the Babylon Five commissioner out of doing it. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, uh, I thought. Tyler was justified in his uh, bravery and his perseverance. Uh, hope hope we can say the same about Babylon Five guy.
1: I hope so. Because as but I say, it's going to
0: be rough. You make you makes your choice and you takes your chances. Because sure uh, once <laughs> we've gone through and watched it, it's it's too late usually to be like it's too late to say you're sorry now, as Justin Bieber yeah. would say. Okay. Uh that's it. Uh baldmove.com slash shop if you if you want to spend entirely too much money on an entirely terrible product, uh dot com slash shop has got you covered.